The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke uh, from Yahoo and from Rotowire's podcast. A uh, lot of baseball going on. Fred, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, a little uh, aggravated at the Reds bullpen, which um, means I'm more aggravated at the Reds management for how they built the bullpen and let everybody go that was good, and you know, you know, or at least anybody that made a, made any sort of money whatsoever promising to rebuild uh, or to reallocate that money and then just pocketing it. So I'm a little grumpy about that. Uh, it's only the middle of June. It's a very winnable division, but the bullpen is just cost them continuously. They got by finally though today only because the twins bullpen was just as bad. Yes. I was going to say, you can't get too grumpy after a win. You know, you have to, you know, you're, you're throwing this in the face of twins fans, but uh, if, right. TJ, if TJ Antone didn't come off the IL today, uh, would the Reds have won the game? They, he well, kinda, he gave up a big homer. I don't know, yeah, man. Yeah, actually, it's true. But then he did get a couple outs. I don't know. Maybe they – I don't know. But, yeah, I, I I understand your frustration as a Reds fan. That being said, bull, bullpens are so up and down from one year to the next, and the Reds, they're 500. They can maybe – what if – would you turn around as a Reds fan if they picked up a couple relievers in the next month and – you know what I mean? And uh, and rebuilt this bullpen a little bit. I'm not saying Iglesias level relievers, but what if they picked up a couple of guys who are throwing okay this year? I I'd be happy. Actually, I, don't, I don't even think they're going to do that. I don't think they are either. And no. I think some of this is, I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams on the margins like the Reds that aren't going to invest uh, at the trade deadline because they've got the big CBA coming up at, at the here. Um, uh, you know, and, yeah, Joe G uh, chimes in right away, and I agree with him on this. Sims is being overused and not being used correctly. Yeah, I, I, and this is the kind of thing we've been beating on here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're using him a lot, and, you know, bringing him sometimes in the sixth, sometimes in the eighth, sometimes in the ninth. I don't mind the ace reliever concept as long as it's being, you know, there's some rhyme or reason to it. I don't think their rhyme or reason is there. I think David Bell is just like putting out fires left and right. I don't think he's kind of, I don't think he's, really like ha- has a plan. I think he just goes to, Oh, you gotta do this. Oh, gotta do that. Let's do a double switch. You know, I think he does that a lot. 
Um, I, I think Sims is actually a good reliever still. I think there's hope for Amir Garrett, although, man, he just every time I start to count on him, he beats me down. But I think I trust Sims and Antone a little bit and really nobody else. Sean Doolittle, unfortunately, I think he's done. Uh, he had a good stretch in May, and then he's just been awful again in June. You know, that he's part of the reason why they're in this situation. Hembry had to throw two innings last night because Doolittle couldn't hold uh, a lead in the uh, in the tenth inning after the Reds had gotten a two run lead. So I, I don't know. I'm just a lot of angst, and it's always Reds and angst on the show. I apologize for that. I know people don't always love uh, when I go off on the Reds, but it just happens, so it's fresh on my mind. Yes, yes. For anyone, yes, for everyone listening, you know who will listen to this later on iTunes or wherever. Um, yes, the game did just finish a few minutes ago, so it is fresh. And I will say, yeah, directing your anger at Reds management makes sense because if you were expecting Sean Doolittle to be a reliable reliever at this point in his career, all six months of the season, you know, you were expecting way too much. He could be a complimentary piece in a bullpen, but he was probably a little too high on their bullpen depth chart. Heath Hembry, same thing uh, right from the get-go. Uh, yeah, Sims had been on a decent run. I've got him from May 25th till yesterday. He had thrown 12 innings over that stretch, six saves, a 0.75 ERA, a 1.25 whip. So 1.25 whip's not really that great, but a lot of strikeouts, 18 and 12 innings. He had been he had been okay. Um, do you think Sims is raw? You would roster him in every league? I'd say maybe not 10 teams, but 12, 12s I would. Yeah, um, I would still roster him. I am, I am rostering him. I mean, I don't think they're going to say, okay, he can no longer close. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's more just, hey, you know, it didn't happen well this time. We need to get him some rest. They are off Wednesday, could pitch Thursday. But I, Sims is still, to me, the best bet to lead the team in saves the rest of the way. Team pitcher outside the organization X, maybe if they do trade for anybody, but they have to be close enough too. Uh, they got to make sure that they don't lose too much ground to the Brewers and the Cardinals. I, I think that's the, the thing that I'm worried about more than anything else there. And, or, and the Cubs, all the Cubs are really struggling too right now. Everybody's struggling. I just posted this in our chat. A uh, good point from Jason Collette. We're going to see the number of pens enter the quote unquote gassed phase because pitchers are going shorter in the games, mm-hmm. which means we're laning heavy on the relievers. Look at the Padres. Jace Tingle, we talked about this earlier, how their bullpen's going to get taxed. They, they, they're already down Drew Pomerantz. They're already down a, a couple, you know, Morehan, uh, a couple other pitchers uh, in that bullpen. I, I, I think a lot of teams are going to enter that. Where are we going to find relievers? I mean, some teams are better at finding them in the minors, but where are we going to find these guys? Yes, this is the problem. And I, I think my Blue Jays have experienced this maybe more than any team. Like the, yes. the Blue Jays bullpen is the only reason that they have fallen out of the race. Like they are a 500 team right now who probably should be five or six games above 500. But their bullpens just had an awful run of injuries, bad timing. Certain guys like mm-hmm. Chatwood, they'll pitch well, then well, then in an important situation and get lit up. And then in, a, in an unimportant situation, they'll pitch well. Like it's just been just an awful run and i i think it's true the problem is is yeah as we see these bullpens falter we see what managers are doing these days and you know it, they're just going to a to a full-blown committee and you don't know from one day to the next it doesn't help fantasy owners at all like it used to be you know this closer like like hansel robles blew a save today used to be a closer blows a couple saves and then the manager just comes out and says well we're using this other guy from now on now it's not now it's committees and then we're all left guessing and then we don't don't know who to grab. And I don't know if any of them are worth using. Like for example, Sims, like you said, is probably the most likely of the current reds to lead the team and saves the rest of the season. I, I think I might rather just have TJ Antone on my team the rest of the way than Sims. 
And I might just take the ratios from Antone and I'm not sure it's probably close, but I know there's more upside with Sims because Sims could get 15 more saves, but I might just take Antone and the ratios. Yeah. And you know, you're going to steal some wins like, well, Antone, yep. you know, vultured one today, but yep. uh, other times, uh, you know, there'll be cases there where uh, they're, they're going to, uh, you know, he's just going to be pitching the seventh and eighth, and eighth innings and steal a win when then Sims will come in and get the save, but you know, Antone's the better pitcher. So yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, I think that's another way of uh, approaching it there. I think it's also, we're you know, this is a weird year. It's hard to draw conclusions from this year because we're coming off a 60-game season last year, weird uh, ramp-up schedules and all that. We knew pitching was going to be a problem getting innings. But I also think, that, you know, as good as some of the results from, you know, the stat revolution has done, the analytical revolution has created, especially third time through the order, some other, some other issues there. Uh, you know, it, it, I think the trade-off is, yeah, we're going to burn out these bullpens. You know, this is it's an unintended consequence. Yeah, okay, well, you can't, you know, these starters are going five innings, four and two-thirds. We're not managing to the win. Okay, all these things are good in the short term, but there's a long-term effect. There's a reason why there's a value on getting pitchers to go deep into games. And the funny thing is the Reds actually got that today. Wade Miley went seven, only allowed two runs. And on a day where the ball is flying out, he pitched great. Yeah, absolutely. Does this make you think that, so everything we talked about, like like bullpens are going to run out of steam. Starting pitchers are we're seeing some starting pitchers starting to maybe to run out of steam because they've already hit the point now where they're like past the innings they threw last year, and we're going to blow way past that. Um, does it make you feel like you should just take your innings should have should have already taken your innings where you could get them, and should continue to do that because maybe by late in the season it's just your pit, your fantasy pitching staffs can be running on fumes at some point in August or September, and it might be better to just to not need more strikeouts and to not need you know what I mean like yeah I, I, I wonder I hear if, if you should have just been grabbing not any two start pitcher but trying to just maximize innings uh, strikeouts uh, therefore po- hopefully wins and then you know, get yourself in a position where you don't have to pluck pitchers off waivers. I mean, hopefully we see triple a pitchers who can help us later in the season. They might not be like, like Logan Gilbert's, but hopefully we see like some decent triple a pitchers who can help us later in the season. Um, but, the, but again, they, they didn't throw any innings last year or hardly any innings. Right. Last year. I, I, so. I, we're going to run into the same problem with them too. By the way, Logan Gilbert is stabilized. Absolutely. You know? He's pitched pretty well lately. He's the one yeah. guy, you know, Lynch, Manoa, we're, we'll talk about him because news came out on him today. Uh, in fact, I'm going to write that down so I remember to bring him up with you. Uh, but, you know, you know, we've seen, you know, Jackson Kowar was terrible. You know, Lynch, I mean, you know, in, in the case of uh, – not Lynch, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Logan Gilbert, yeah, had, you know, struggled a couple first times out, but has really settled down pretty well lately and makes you wonder, like, maybe some of these other guys just – Give him time. Tariq Skubal's gotten yep. better. Absolutely. Uh, Casey Mize has gotten better after a bumpy time. It's almost as if these guys need to learn how to pitch at the major league level. Weird. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The play with a lot of these prospects. Um, I just put an article, a Yahoo article today with Wander Franco is like, I think Franco is going to be really good. I mean, that kind of go like, this is a, like a, like who debuts today, like this is gonna be like a great prospect. This isn't just like a good, like he's number one for a while because there's no one else to be the number one prospect right now. Like this is a great prospect. I think he's gonna be great. That being said, like I would totally float. If I had him in a trading league, I would totally float his name out on the trade market right now, because with a lot of these prospects, what we've seen is you can get the most for them basically right before or right around the date of their debut. 
And then the play on a lot of these guys might be, if you don't have them, let them play for a couple of weeks, hope they hit 150, and then see if you can trade for them, you know, at a, at a drastically diminished price. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that's uh, not a bad play. Um, and I think Franco will, you know, the thing is, I think anybody who's had Franco all along has been waiting for today, waiting for this Wander Franco day. Finally, mm-hmm. I get him. It's going to be tough to try to, to convince that person to sell. Uh, oh, but- yeah. Some of the names, though, that I saw now, you don't know if they're keepers. Like mm-hmm. in Yahoo, like it doesn't like, but you can go to the Yahoo. We've talked about this before trade market page, but I'm seeing like one-on-ones for Freddie Freeman, one-on-ones for Bryce. Wow. Hall, one-on-ones for Trevor Bauer. Again, they could just be, they could be dynasty or keeper leagues. You don't know. Um, and I don't think you need, but I don't think you need to get that much for them. Like, but if you can get an established, if someone else in your league is just like, this guy could be my savior. I need hitting. This guy could be my savior and you have them and maybe you need pitching. You could probably get yourself a pretty high end arm for him right now. I'm not saying you get Trevor Bauer and like, that's a bad trade, but you could probably get a pretty good pitcher for him right now. Yeah. So I'm, I, I did pull it up. Aaron Nola straight up for Franco. Yeah. Not in a non-keeper league. Yeah. yeah. Wonder Franco for Javi Baez. What do you think about that? Fair. I would, I've been telling people to trade away Baez all season, but he is a bit of a, like a, he's a counting stat monster. So I might take Baez and just cross my fingers that the homers and the steals just keep on coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, the funny thing though, with that, with Baez is, you know, he got benched yesterday after that base running. Yeah. Snafu. Uh, the batting average is low. Maybe I would take Franco. The problem is Baez is on pace for like 35 homers and 20 steals. Like, <laughs> like that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, like even with a low batting average. So mm-hmm. I, I think bias, I don't think bias is a good player though. I'd probably pass on that one. Okay. Big picture. I would pass on that one probably because I don't believe in bias. And if I can get bias, I can probably just get that person to give me someone different off their roster. Who's bias good. And, and I believe in more. Right. Right. I'm just looking at some of these and yeah. I got to, I wish we could just have, just put a filter on for, non-keeper leagues but uh yeah straight up for adalberto mondesi you know frankly if i'm a mondesi guy if i have him rostered i might be without him for another month i think i take that yeah yeah i don't think we know much totally on the timeline for him right now but i think i might take it too it would probably depend like it would that mondesi such a like he's not a one category guy. We've talked about that before, but he's such a one category guy on the other hand that um, if I looked at my steel standings and I thought if I can get Montessi back at the all-star break, I can pass like seven teams in steals in, in the second half. Um, then I got to wait. If I looked at the steel standings and I was like, all right, I'm doing pretty well, or I'm not doing well, but I'm way behind. Like this Montessi plan did not work. Um, I'm second last in steals. And the person, you know, there's only one guy within 20 steals of me. Then yeah, I would totally, I would, I would be interested in taking Franco. I think that's a, that's a really interesting offer. It's just, I always find like when it comes to trading, I always try to keep an open mind and people will say like, well, you've been waiting on Franco. You've been stashing him all year. Like you got to keep him and use him now. And like, you can do that for sure. If nobody gives you a really good offer, but man, like why not at least just look around, right? Like mm-hmm. send out offers to a, to a few people who maybe, could use a shortstop or could use hitting period or, 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 who you, or, or also I talked, actually, we talked about this a little bit last week that I wrote that recent article about know the guys in your league when you can. And if you got a guy in your league who you think loves, loves prospects or just loves optimism, go to him <laughs> yeah. right now and be like, Hey, I've got Franco. You've got a boring old veteran. 
you know, Franco for Jose Abreu, Abreu, who says no, you know, like put the offers out there. Sure. I see Franco for Brandon Woodruff straight up now. That's I, a I, great trade. And the only, I could see that in a dynasty, maybe pulling that, you know, trying yeah. as the, uh, getting Woodruff, you know, as the Woodruff guy, maybe getting it, you need, you need that long-term boost. But yeah, this year, I also see Franco straight up for Alec Manoa. And I'm, I don't know of a context where I'd prefer Manoa. No, I, I, can't I don't think of a single no. one. No. But anyhow, check it out. Check out Yahoo's uh, feature there. I love that you can do that. Just go to uh, in your league page if you're there. Re go to research. Go to trade market. Put in the player's name. You can see all the trades that have happened there. It's some wild stuff. And unfortunately, you don't always get the context. But I think it, it, it's an interesting starting point there. Going back to our topic, though, uh, initial topic like pitchers and all this. Uh, you know, yesterday was check the ball day uh, or check check the pitcher day. Um, and then you got that layer of uncertainty. You've got just the wear down factor. You got, uh, you know, maybe they should have had a shorter schedule. Uh, Star Platinum suggests that they should have had a 120 game schedule. Next year, there'll be more injuries. Um, there's a problem, you know, on the field product wise, I'm fine with that. But here's the problem there's too much money that can be lost on a 120 game schedule, both the players and the owners, both. Uh, unless, uh, unless the players are getting full payment for those 120 games, which they're not, we know they're not. They would try. The owners would definitely try to pro rata it. Um, you know that that that's that's a no go right from the get go. There, I mean, and I get it from the player standpoint. Look at, I mean, there, there's a limited career span. Just look at all the number of the players that got hurt this year, and it's not just you know they're getting hurt now. They're not getting. You know, we, we haven't even. That's not a workload related issue. That's it's June, and all these guys have gone down. Um, Mike Trout didn't get hurt because they have a 162 game schedule. He just got hurt because they're playing. He's playing baseball. He's fine. Don't worry about Mike Trout. But there's a lot of young players that aren't in the same sort of boat. Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the 120 games would be interesting. It would keep the pitching from maybe being such a mess later in the season. But yeah, like you said, it just it, it ain't happening. Like they need or they want they get they need and want the gate revenue. Uh, we'll see where things go in the off season and next year if we start on time. But for now, like from a fantasy perspective, like you're, you're navigating 162, you're navigating like 27 weeks, like get ready and, and have a plan. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. I hear you on that. Um, we titled this as Byron Buxton gets hurt again. So I suppose we should probably bring that up. We took, you know, Reds twins play today. It was no Buxton is out for at least another month, broken bone in his hand. This is They don't have a center fielder. Uh, they, they just don't when they, when Buxton is out, this is a big loss. No, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huge loss for the Twins, um, for fantasy managers. Like it's a huge loss, although you've basically been playing without Buxton for a while, right? Like he yeah. wasn't back. He played three games in June. He played six games in May. Like you basically got April out of him. Uh, since the start of May, he's played nine games. Uh, depending on your lineup settings and you know when you could have brought him back in, you may have you may not have had any of them or almost none of those nine games from him. Yeah. So. Yeah, what's the action here from a fantasy standpoint? I mean, I don't think you can cut him, even though it's all another whole month because he's just too good. But at the same time, you're in, if you don't have IL spots or limited IL spots, it's also really difficult to hold on to him. Yep, ab absolutely. But um, you know, and this one's bad luck. That being mm -hmm. said, um, you know, this is kind of this is like this. This is <laughs> I hate to say it. I, I don't like raining on an injured like raining on an injured player, but 
this is Buxton's career. Like, this is his career. Look at his career game logs. Like, he gets hurt every year. He gets hurt multiple times most years. Um, you know, he's, he's played in 100 games once in his career. Um, I, I'm not faulting him for for any of it. I, I'm not even saying, I'm not saying he's not tough or anything like that. Right. Um, but but between the way he plays, his body, whatever. Like, and this isn't his first injury this year. It's not like he was cruising along with 60, 65 games played right now. And right. then all of a sudden has this broken hand and misses a month. Like, like he'd already been hurt and he, and he was out for a while the first time he was hurt. Um, yeah. I, I hate, I've always felt that some players are more brittle than others and it's not a knock on their toughness. It's just human bodies are not all the same. Yeah. And uh, maybe he's brittle. I'll, I'll give you a great example. I, I love Troy Tulowitzki. Like I, like I loved him when he was on the blue Jays. I think he's brittle. I think his body just tends to, get injured it just does he's in he's an awesome athlete um too like it's not like he's an unathletic baseball player who just stands there and hits home runs with a big barrel beer belly on him like he's a great athlete but he just seems to be brittle one of my one of my my two low blue jays memories is there was a play when he was on the blue jays where he ran into kevin pilar um you know going for a pop-up and sure enough tula went, went on the il and Pilar, i don't think he went on the il because it was september but tula was hurt and missed a bunch of games and pilar was fine and again totally probably luck and people are gonna be listening to this some and be like this that's crazy it's just one play things like that go back and look at kevin pilar's career and the very, very small amount of injuries and how many times he dove for baseballs and ran into things. Um, he just seems to have, Pilar just seems to have a body that just isn't brittle. It runs into things and it's okay. And Tulo seems to have a right. body where it just seems to be brittle sometimes. And I wonder if Buxton just is a little bit brittle, not necessarily because of what happened yesterday, but just his career on the, on the, on the whole. Yeah. And yeah. of course there's a huge amount of luck too. I mean, like he got hit by a pitch. It's where you get hit by that pitch. You know, you know, Jeff Bagwell, you know, got was unlucky for a couple of years in a row getting hit by the same same spot, suffered the broken hammock bone, but then got the hammock bone replaced or taken out, I should say, not replaced, you don't get it back. Um, and then also started wearing that guard and was fine the rest of his career. But he had a fragile reputation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can just be bad luck too. Well, in Buxton's career, here we go. Groin, migraines, toe, wrist, concussion left shoulder, right hip, and now left hand. So like, like name a body part that hasn't been injured. He has not had an oblique strain, which is a popular baseball. Hey, you're just cursing that. That's going to happen now. Totally. (laughs) Oh, and and knowing Buxton, he'll miss seven weeks when he has that oblique strain, but, but he's had, that's in his career. Uh, He's just like a lot of things tend to go wrong anyways super talented guy i'm not saying he's he's not tough or anything like that a great fielder um and and was coming in and is coming into his own as a hitter but we're gonna be left with the same buxton conundrum next march that we just had where there's gonna be people in the buxton camp who are gonna be like he had a we'll see what it ends up with he had a 940 ops last year get him early and then we're gonna have people like me who i'm sure are gonna be saying he played 70 games last year don't get him early and we'll see how next year plays out. But you know, which, but, do you know which camp you're going to be in yet? Oh, hundred percent. I'll be in the don't draft Buxton. I'll well, I'll be in the project Buxton for three hundred at bats, and then if you can get him at that projection, go ahead and take him. Maybe four hundred. I'll get a little optimistic. Project him for four hundred at bats. Uh, he's only even got to three hundred once in his career. I'll project him for four hundred. I'll never get him. Like just the projection of four hundred. He's in the same bucket as John Carlos Stanton, basically. Hundred percent. Yeah. 
for sure. So I'll project him conservatively on playing time. Someone else in my league won't. They'll project him to play 140 games, and then that mm-hmm. person can have him, and and I won't. And and there'll be a year where I'm probably spectacularly wrong on him, and it looked like it was going to be this year, uh, briefly. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I always say there's there's picks that look better in April than they do in September, and that's it's the the injury prone guys sometimes can come out hot. But anyways, I. Yeah, and if you have for this year, if you have him, like you're stuck with him, and and he could he could light it up in the last two two and a half months. We'll see when he gets back, but he could light it up for a couple months this season and still help you a lot. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is, so he he could go crazy in August and September, mm-hmm. and that's what people will remember, right? And yep. you know he'll go in the eighth round again, as opposed to the fifteenth or sixteenth, which he probably should. Uh, for that, oh, hey, that you- would be cla- I was gonna say that would be classic Byron Buxton. He comes back from the injury. He's not good right away because he's coming back from a broken hand. So we give him a bit of a mulligan on that, and then he hits like seven home runs in September, and just the hype train just roars in the off season. That's right. Uh, hot, used, yeah, go ahead. I used uh, the the Yahoo uh, trade trade evaluator mm-hmm. by the way just to mm-hmm. see what people are going today alone. Yeah, trade up, straight up for for Clayton Kershaw. There's got to be a salary thing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That. There's no other way but around that. Tommy Pham. Okay. I'll take Tommy Pham. He's injury, been great. It, but he injury prone guy in yeah. his own right. Aaron Savali, who got hurt yesterday, finger issue or hand issue there. Um, ten wins so far this season, but not great ratios and strikeouts are down, and now he's hurt. That's an interesting challenge trade to me. I'll take Buxton because I think they're probably to guess. They probably, I don't think they know much about Savali yet, but I'll say that maybe they come back at roughly the same time. So then it becomes a matter of just who I would rather have. So I think I'd take Buxton. Okay. Very good. Uh, let's, before we move on talking Dodgers, a quick note from our sponsors. For, we are sponsored by WinBet. And if you can bet on sports in your municipality online, go to winbet.com, W Y N N. We thank them for the sponsorship. We're also going to insert a couple quick ads here for those listening on the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. 
So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All righty then. Now that we're done with that, those of you who are streaming, lucky you didn't have to hear those ads. Uh, we uh, big Big series going on, Dodgers and Padres. Julio Urias did not pitch all that well, and his recent outings haven't been that great, Fred. Over his last five outings, uh, he's thrown 25 innings. He's got a 631 ERA, a 431 XFIP, so it could be better. But uh, 33 hits in that 25 and two-thirds, 10 walks, up to 88 innings pitched. We're talking about the attrition on the relievers, obviously, and the starters, younger starters. This is going to be a big issue, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he hasn't been great lately. That being said, I kind of broke that one down start by start. So the strikeouts are down a little bit. Like he was having games earlier in the season where he was striking out like eight, 10 batters. Um, And in all of the last five starts, how how, good for consistency. He has exactly Mm -hmm. five strikeouts in all those last five starts. Um, The walks are up a bit. Uh, that mean mostly because last night he walked four, but he did right. have two walks in, in uh, three of the other four games. Um, his he's also had some bad luck. He's had a, in those five starts he has a three seventy BABIP against. So and sometimes that can force hitter pitchers into tough situations that they just aren't as comfortable in. Like when you're cruising, everything's going great, then that's great. You know you have some bad BABIP luck. You get a couple guys on base. You know, you start getting a little too fine with your pitches. You walk a guy and the whole thing snowballs. So maybe he hadn't faced much adversity. So, and he had, I mean, really what he's got there is he's got two bad starts in those last five at the beginning of the stretch against the Giants at the end of the stretch against the Padres. And in the middle, he's got three decent starts, like six runs allowed, yeah. six earned runs in those three starts, uh, but not going, well, actually deep enough, five, six and five and two thirds. Um, and the opponents in those are fine. Like Pittsburgh's weak, but Atlanta and Philly are pretty they are okay National League teams at offenses at least. So yeah, that's uh, true. I'm not too worried. Um, it could be an innings thing, but we could also, you don't know, could this be a change to what he's got on his fingers when he's throwing the baseball kind of thing and he walks a few more batters? It could you be know, a like, hotter like, out too thing. It could be that, you know, yeah, it's a lot of things. Yeah. Like we're all focused in on Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole and, couple guys like that right now, but there's, they keep saying 70% of the pitchers or whatever it was, a huge percentage of pitchers were using some sort of substances, you know, could he be someone who was benefiting from them? He's also given up at least one home run in all those starts and two last night. Yeah. And and going back even one more to the 10 strikeout game against the Mm -hmm. the Giants, he also gave up a home run that one 13 homers so far Mm -hmm. in 15 games, by the way, credit to uh, attribution to Brendan Tuma for a lot of the, the, getting a, that topic going on your Urias there. And you can follow mm-hmm. him on Twitter at too much Tuma T U M a uh, just so you know, mm-hmm. not too nub to ma. Uh, so just anyways, uh, so the, but big series, you know, yeah. New Darvish was awesome last night. Dave Roberts said after the game, he, he would have done this against anybody uh, last night, 11 K's and in six innings. He was pretty much unhittable. Really looked good. Absolutely. And with, I was, I was looking at Darvish the other day because with, we we talked all season about how the aces were really holding up. And then all of a sudden now they're not, um, you know, with Bieber going down right. and Scherzer's just coming back now and things like that. And Darvish has been uh, like really good and really steady and so far so good. Like I still, I don't think we're out of, I, to me with Darvish's in, injury history. Like I don't think we're totally out of the woods until the season ends, but uh, so far he's been everything that you expected and the Padres are good. And I think he's, easily in the top five pitchers for the remaining remainder of the season. And I just off the top of my head, I think he can make a case for putting him in the top three, like after DeGrom and Cole. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and I, I'm really, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm really eager to see how he holds up down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He also, by the way, had a huge spike in, you know, you know or decline in walk rate starting in 2019. Mm-hmm. Got to wonder, did he start spider attacking and all that? Is he going to be effective? But last night, obviously, he wasn't. He, every single pitcher basically got searched yesterday. At least I know starting yep. pitchers after the first round. I think it was every pitcher, though. But And the, at least they're doing it like between innings, and they're not doing it right there on the mound. So they're not slowing things down too much. But I don't know. It's 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 going to be cumbersome, I think. Yeah, I, I know the the little kid fairness side of me says if at least if they're search at least they're searching it looks like they're searching every pitcher, so yep. that's good. Once or twice during a start or during the relief appearance or whatever, um, I think that's good. What what I don't love is actually is when I don't I don't really love what Major League Baseball did here in the middle of the season. I think probably I this it. was a change for the beginning of the, like for tell these guys in November, December, and or before at least some point before spring training. That being said, like. I, I hate it when leagues say they're going to do something and then they don't really, or they make an example out of one guy, but then like, you know, you get these reports that most of the pitchers aren't being searched and everything. Like if you're going to, I guess if you're going to do it, do it fairly, every pitcher, every game, every starter, every game once or twice, you know, and, uh, yeah. and it do the relievers, you know, on a regular basis. Like if you're going to do it, I guess do it properly. I think that's a good point. Uh while we're talking Padres, uh, David Donahue says, on the other hand, Snell looks terrible, and he does. <laughs> now, I, 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 I would implore you to look at the home road splits with him. He is so much better at home than he is on the road. Uh, this is one of those things, if you look at the uh, course of the season. Now, granted, it's not always been the case, but if you look at his splits, you know, actually it kind of has, but this year it's super extreme. 165 at home mm-hmm. in 32 innings, .98 whip. On the road, 10-36 and 223. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's really odd to see that. You know, you what you know, you look at his, his game log, his last start was on the 16th. It was at Coors Field, gets an extra day of rest. Uh, his previous start was at New York. So yeah, it it kind of holds up that home road split thing. But the last two home starts, eleven and ten Ks respectively. He's only pitched two starts at home in the last seven outings so he, he needs or eight outings even he needs some more home cooking stat it's true when i break down his schedule he has had some really nice home cooking matchups like his last matchup where he got the 10 k's was home against the mets on june 4th and that's like right when the mets were peak where we were all making fun of their lineup because they yep. were missing so many regulars and then his previous start where he got the 11 strikeouts was home rockies and i think mm-hmm. i honestly think the rockies on the road this year is the best matchup so you can get like yeah. like consistently like there there'll be teams that like like where the mets ran into injuries where maybe a team for a couple weeks could be the most favorable matchup a pitcher could have but i think the rockies on the road are just such a favorable matchup and um yeah but his and his other home starts were like okay he had a home sa- a couple home san fran they were like five innings two runs they were okay he started the season with a home arizona which is pretty favorable it was okay he didn't even finish five innings to be all honest but um i I, i'm still i haven't come around on blake snell i'm uh, in 10 team leagues i drop him in 12s i guess i i guess i'd keep him yeah um i i I actually picked him up in an auto no league where um he got cut and you you start bidding on half the half his salary so thought okay let's take the chance um, I, I did have him bench for the core start, did not have him bench for the city taxpayer field start. So, uh, you know, a little good, a little bad, but, uh, you know, yeah. nonetheless, uh, I, I'm still hanging on. Will I have him active tonight? 
I probably will. We'll see. I mean, they might get Max Muncy back tonight. I think they're getting Cody Bellinger back tomorrow. They're getting Blake uh, Corey Seager back sometime next week. It's not their best line. Mookie Betts did homer yesterday. Will Smith mm-hmm. starting to heat up. He homered yesterday in the loss. So there, there's some things to look forward to, but they still, I mean, this is not their top lineup. No. So, so has Snell become a streamer? Like, at, like to what point? So his, he had the at Coors terrible. His other yeah. terrible was at Houston. At Houston's not a bad park, but Houston's been like, like there, I keep saying they're right near the top of my list of offenses. I'm trying to avoid with my pitchers. They don't strike out much. So there's not a lot mm-hmm. of upside there. They typically throw a pretty good starter. So the win potential is not great. Um, and, and their lineup's been effective, at, you know, in terms of OPS, in terms of scoring runs. So, um, so I, I feel like there's almost like three classes of pitchers. There's set and forget pitchers. There's almost set and forget. Like you put them in your lineup and you leave them except for at Houston, at Colorado, at Boston, something like that. And right. then there's and then there's the streamers. So I think Snell to for me, I, I don't even think he's an almost set and forget. I think he I think for me right now he's probably a full streamer. If I if I see a, a home to Arizona, he's in. If I see an at the Dodgers, he's out. Or home so to he's somewhere between category two and three for me. Yeah. Um, and it's because the strikeouts trigger. are there. I mean, yeah. 85 strikeouts still, he's still getting yep. tons of K's. Yep. Uh, but yeah, um, quicker trigger on the, on the benching, but not quite like, you know, a, a total streamer. It's not like I'm ever cutting him. Uh, I'm, right. you know, a streamer I'm willing to cut, right. You know, that, that, yeah. that's what, to, so he's always going to stay on my roster. You know, and if and if I'm in like in L Tout in L Labor, I'm just just taking my punishment when it comes Take comes bad because you, you're not going to win an NL only league while trying to bench him or, or you know right. I think if you try to trade him maybe but good luck with that too trying to find the right price. Yeah, I was noticing that the tricky thing with him. So he only has two wins this year, which makes sense. He hasn't pitched well. Uh, he's yeah. not even given himself a chance to get wins in his last eight starts. He's only gone five innings twice. Like it's not like yeah. he hasn't got a win because he hasn't pitched well or he hasn't got run support. Right. He actually isn't even eligible for a win. Like he needs to start consistently throwing five innings. I try to never roll out starters who I don't think can will be allowed to or can throw five innings. So he needs to mm. consistently throw five innings. Like the potential is there. If he pitches a little better, he can throw five innings. I think uh, his pitch counts are well. They're not that high. Like they're, he's, I guess, because he's not doing well. They're around eighty, right? You know, eighty-five and seventies. But if you're not pitching well, they're going to pull you at 80 pitches. A lot of Blake Snell trades on Yahoo. Looking at those right now while yeah. we're talking. So p- forgive me if I'm distracted, but Blake Snell for Udubel Herrera. Okay, I'll I'll take that. Uh, yeah, I can give up Herrera for that chance, no problem. Uh, Blake Snell for Patrick Corbin. Two, my problem for yours. Although Corbin pitched well in his last two outings. That's an interesting one. I would take Snell. I'm not a Corbin guy at all anymore. Um, I would take Snell because Corbin's not getting the strikeouts. So I think I would take Snell and just, I would use him as a bit of a streamer for now and cross my fingers. And like you say, use him at, the using him at home, I don't totally buy just because it's not like a, I know it's a good park to pitch in, but it shouldn't explain such a big discrepancy. But I I probably use him at home, some favorable road starts. Um, for now, and then hope, hopefully he gets better. Corbin, I'm just kind of, I'm not out out on him, but I don't really want to pick him up. Fair enough. I did pick him up in a second chance league because it's just, uh, okay. I'm using him this week against uh, the Marlins, and I'm going to sit him next week against, uh, I think it's the Rockies, uh, and, and obviously in course, not in Washington. When you say pick him up, you mean off waivers? Yeah, off waivers. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. yeah. I think it, yeah, he, he's a plus streamer as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's a guy who, he was awful in his first two starts. Since then, he's just been like, I know he had a couple good starts there, but he's mostly just been like kind of consistently mediocre. A couple yeah. bad starts with four runs, you know, some threes, some twos. Like he isn't good. He keeps getting like, he has a little more strikeouts in the last couple starts, but mostly just gets mm. three to five strikeouts. He's just consistently kind of blah. So like you said, you can pick some matchups. Yeah. 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 I think that's right. Uh, so I mentioned Bellinger and Muncie. Muncie is, we just got a note. He's officially reinstated. Bellinger is coming back tomorrow. You asked, would you, who would you rather own? It was crazy to ask that in March, but here we are. And Bellinger's had three different injuries and has done very little. Muncie, he, you know, he's had, had a slump, but he's also done a lot of good things too. I think it's a legit question. Oh, absolutely. And my answer might be Muncie. It just, it just may not be Bellinger's year. Um, it could still turn around. I'm not saying I give away Bellinger. I don't know if mm-hmm. people totally realize how good Muncie's well, I guess he's still just been Muncie. I guess I shouldn't say how good he's been. He's yeah. He's turned around from last year when last year he couldn't hit for average and it was just all power. Like if you if you look at his paces this year, they're pretty much classic Muncie paces. Like he he's on pace for you know mid thirties homers. Well, perfect. Right. He had thirty five in twenty eighteen and nineteen. A couple steals, but it's the two sixty four average. Well, twenty eighteen two sixty three, twenty nineteen two fifty one. Like if I can get from Muncie two fifty plus on the average 35 homers and then like up around 90 in runs and RBIs, which he's, again, he's, he's on pace for, uh, like is, is Bellinger going to beat that? Yeah. I mean, is Bellinger going to run, you know, coming back from a hamstring injury, coming back from the, yeah. the leg injury where, you know, the, the fracture, the hairline fracture in his leg, which they thought was also a hamstring injury at one point in time. I, I don't know. And so, if he doesn't run, what, what's what's his advantage? Yeah. yeah, well, Bellinger, the difference is Bellinger has had those, like, like he's gone to a place in power with, like, a 47 homer year that months he's never gone to. But if you think you're get- – if you think you're getting that in the second half, like then absolutely go for it. If you think you can get a 40 homer pace from Bellinger in the second half, go trade for him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, if you're hedging your bets a bit and you think he's going to be maybe a little more like a 30, 35 homer type guy, well, surprise, like that's Muncie. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. It is. All right, let's move on. Uh, we'll do a who you rather for Reds version here. Uh, mm-hmm. Who would you rather have the rest of the season? Eugenio Suarez or Jonathan India? Uh, I was being a wimp. I would go team. Well, it's team. I I hate it when people do this. It's team context, Jeff. Yeah. yeah, If I I needed power, I would get Suarez. And if I, if I, if I was worried about my batting average, I would get India. So I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's very fun at all. So I'm going to, so really the question is, is, is Suarez going to turn the big question is, is Suarez going to turn his uh, batting average around? Um, it's, we're going on two years now, like two, like last season and this so far this season with uh, Bavik around 200. Um, so is this his new profile with the way teams are defending him? Um, I think I might take India in the upside. I'm, I probably, I think I might take India unless I like, unless I flat out just needed power. I think I might take India. What do you think? Mm. I mean, I do need power. I think that's all you always need power, mm-hmm. but man, yeah, the, the batting average is a killer. He's just not, he's not fast, he, you know, which sheds a light on uh, the, the playing shortstop issue for him and, and how it is, how, what it does for the Reds too. Like, okay, this slow guy is playing shortstop. I I think 
I'd go Cyndia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> merging it. I think I'd go Suarez. Uh, shortstop and third eligible still. I mean, he's still on pace for like nearly 40 homers. I, I think I'd go that way. But man, it. it I'd, I'd really have to take a deep look yeah. at what it's doing to my I batting think, average. I think I, you're probably right. So while you're answering, I did look up their expected statistics so far at Baseball Savant. Um, mm-hmm. Suarez's average expected average is 213. So it's actually terrible. Like if you're training for him, you're assuming that you're going to get a low average the rest of the season. But yeah. India's is 235. So uh, according to Baseball so Savant. So he's above his skis. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Now, now his X-slug and X-woba for India are actually like pretty much a zero. It's like as far as compared to his regular numbers. So not above his skis in those areas. But um, Suarez has been below his skis, which I know is, an expre- is not an expression. In all those things. I think I I think now I'm starting to sway like like unless unless I just didn't care about power or unless I was really protecting batting average I think I I might take Suarez but India has become quite interesting I I think yeah it it is a very interesting question and one I hope I don't have to answer again but uh, you know yeah I think so I think it's something uh, good there um, want to talk a little fab this week. You picked up Chaz McCormick, so did I, in a league. Uh, okay. I, I needed him in and gave us a couple of hits yesterday against the uh, uh, against the Orioles in, in that rain delay game. I think he got us a couple of hits. I know he had at least one. No, it was only one hit. It was one for six, actually. I know. Struck he started, out four he times. Started well. he, he started Ooh. hot, and then he got that hit early, and then, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. well. He has eight homers this season, two bags. Uh, you know, we might get Kyle Tucker back as early. You know, we'll get him pretty soon back, I think. Yep. Um, I know he was, I saw like reports on him, like, you know, re- warming up out, out in the, like in the bullpen or something yesterday, but he hasn't been activated. He's not in the lineup today. So another day for McCormick in the lineup. Uh, I I think he's useful. And the, the Astros are in a 20 games and 20 days stretch. They're playing Baltimore. They're playing mm-hmm. Detroit over the weekend. They're hosting Baltimore again. Then they're hosting Cleveland without Bieber, without uh Plesak, and probably now without Savali too. So Great stretches uh, schedule wise. Yeah. So, so my initial, some of my initial interest in McCormick was like you said, like he's, he's got power uh, or at least he's shown power so far this year. He can steal a base too. Like he's not gonna steal a lot, but he's stolen a couple already. Like he could steal the odd base. Um, and that their schedule this week was favorable. Um, and, and we'll see with Kyle Tucker. Like I, so I love Kyle Tucker and he's an awesome player, but he says he lost 10 pounds while he was sick. So yeah. Like when he comes back, which let's say is Wednesday or Thursday, um, is he playing every day right away? Could he get maybe come back, have Friday off, have Sunday off? Like they kind of ease him in. And then next week, maybe he's more of a full go. I, so I think McCormick for this week makes sense. Um, my thought on McCormick was, and I talked with Jeff Zimmerman about this because we added him on some teams that we co-manage. Um, I, I think he should be their center fielder, or I think they should actually at least give him a good look. They, he started a few games in center field. Uh, he's just a better hitter than Miles Straw, like flat out. Um, his OPS is over 100 points higher than Straw's. Like, I think he's earned a chance to be their center fielder and see what he can do. Now, I don't totally trust Dusty Baker on this, and... Um, you know, Dusty's kind of old school straw has been hitting for average lately. Um, so maybe straw just stays as their center fielder. He straw is faster. I could see Dusty being like, Hey, our team's got lots of offense. Mm-hmm. Straw can hit ninth. Who cares how the number nine hitter hits? We've got a good lineup. Straw's the, the faster player. He's going to be my center fielder. But if you were looking to field the best lineup, uh, for batting, 
it's got McCormick in it and it doesn't have straw in it. So I'm interested to see what they do. That's what I'll be watching. I, I felt like McCormick was a guy. I didn't spend a lot, but someone to add this for this week. And then let's see maybe if I can hold them into next week, what they do with center field playing time. I think that's a great point too. And the thing is, we always look at it from, okay, what's better from a fantasy standpoint. Okay. Yeah. Cause we're obviously we're fantasy analysts, but mm-hmm. defense matters. Can McCormick mm-hmm. successfully play center field? I think that's going to be the big question is, how much of a gap is there uh, and what's more important? Maybe when there's a fly ball pitcher on the mound, you go ahead and you use straw. And then when there's mm-hmm. a ground ball pitcher on the mound, you use McCormick. I think that might be a way that you could attack that too. Uh, mm-hmm. I picked up his teammate, Abraham Toro in a lot of leagues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I liked what, what he's done at AAA. I like his batting eye, even though it always hasn't, it hasn't always manifested itself at the major league level, but I, I think there's a good opportunity. And I think Bregman's going to be out for a while. Toro was one for four yesterday, had a walk, uh, didn't strike out. Got some power, not great, but I think he could be useful. Yeah, so Toro was in my bid queues. Um, in one league, he was at the top because I needed a third baseman. I didn't get him, so I didn't spend on him. I'll say that. Like, I don't know how much you paid, but like I like I was bidding, I don't know, five, ten. Like, I wasn't bidding like 40 on him to, make, to kind of make sure I got him. So I was trying to sneak him through on the cheap on some teams. I didn't get him anywhere. Uh, but I was, I was interested. He was on my radar as well. So I, I think you're on the right track there. How much, not, not exact number, but do you remember kind of roughly how hard you went after him? Well, in AL Tout Wars, I was very aggressive. Oh, okay. That's I went different. Like yeah. 135 there yeah. because yeah. it could be a month. Uh, yep. It could be more. And you, you just, you, you live for now in that, and in, in only is the way I look at it. And, mm-hmm. and, um, in FBC Maine, I got him at seven, I think, for one yeah. in one league, which as a contingency bid, which is fine. I was happy to get him. But, you know, and again, schedule. I got, you know, I, I think all Astros this week were good targets. Uh, so that's the way mm-hmm. I was looking at it there. But uh, I, I got him, I think, uh, one main, one online championship. And I think I think I got him also in TGFBI. I got him in a lot of places. And I think I got him in my AL only home league on Thursday as well. Wow, that that's awesome. Yeah, like I said, I I did my Fred Zinke finish second plan. I think with him, good in, in a lot of leagues. Good. But but that's kind of your seven dollar bid is kind of the same thing. Like you're you're throwing seven, basically saying I'll take him. I'll I'll get him over the people who just are throwing one or two. Like just don't even care right. really about him. Uh, but I'm not fighting for, with someone who wants to spend thirty uh, or, right. or more on him. So like I did kind of that thing and just didn't come up with him anywhere. Uh, yeah, but I wish I had. Yeah, uh, we'll see, and we'll see uh, how that works. Let's close with locally. Let's talk about your Blue Jays here. Uh, mm. George Springer is back at Springer Cast. We're excited. You know, he's in the lineup. He's good to go. They're playing the Marlins. Uh, he's batting fifth. Fifth, not batting. You, you were right. I was wrong. I thought he would bat leadoff when he came back, but Simeon just will not slow down. Oh, the thing is, I was just looking, and honestly, I didn't know until just the second where he was batting. I wasn't trying to prove a point on you this time. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, and it might, ch- it might change, too, but, mm-hmm. you know, he, he could go. But I think, I mean, Semyon, he's got a bat high. I mean, he's he's having a great year, yeah. incredible year. I think the Jays, like, the, I think that Springer should bat lead off for the Jays, but the more I look at it, like, you just can't move – you can't move Simeon right now. He's just too hot. Um, I think Bichette and Guerrero are locked in two, three. You can't. Yeah, take those and, guys and Bichette out. hasn't actually been like 
totally am like he's been good. He hasn't been totally amazing this year so far. Like I'm just gonna pull up his OPS wasn't quite as high. It's it's eight oh four. It's good. Yeah, it's okay. You're right. On base, isn't that great? Yeah. But the thing with Bichette is he profiles as a nice number two hitter. Like he's 10 for 10 on stolen base chances this year. So there's a speed element there with Vlad Mm -hmm. hitting behind him. Um, And, and, and I think really just the big thing is for the Jays, like for years to come, want to have Bichette hitting second and Guerrero hitting third. Like that's what they want. So you don't move that around because Marcus Simeon's hitting well. Um, And then Tay Oscar has been hitting well in the cleanup spot. So I wondered if they would, so I think, and at that point, if you're going to put Springer fourth or fifth, like I think fifth's fine. I almost wondered because Grichuk's hit well this year, if they would go all the way to sixth. But at some point you got to say enough is enough with a hitter of Springer's caliber. Who's probably honestly like the Jays second best player, like beyond behind Vlad, like second best offensive player. So if he's full strength, so I could still see Springer, I think at some point he'll move up, like way up. Like they'll get an injury. They've been really lucky so far. They'll get an injury and he'll be back up into the, and, and an injury might put him right up to one. We'll see. I think you just flip flop them. You put Springer lead off and Semyon batting fifth. I mean, Semyon's not a huge OBP guy, 350. It's good, but Springer is. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I th- that's the way I would do it. And, you know, there's no righty lefty difference. They're all right handed. Uh, nope. By the way, no DH. So tonight, Gritchick doesn't get to right. play. Right. Uh, which is interesting, but uh, Guriel does. Uh, but, you know, and Gritchick's a decent enough, creditable enough center fielder. He's, he's, it's not like defense is keeping him out of there. So that's, I find that no. interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, Gr- like Gritchick and Gritchick's having a nice year, but, but Guriel's come around. The Jays are just really deep now offensively. Like mm-hmm. when you start thinking about Springer hitting fifth, uh, Grichuk hitting sixth, Biggio hitting seventh, who has looked better since he came back from being hurt. And, kind of said that he played through that injury like for a while before he went on the IL. So you wonder if a bit of a slow start to the season was because of that. So he started to look better and you've got him now way down in seventh. Um, when they get yeah. Kirk back at some point to be a little bit of a credible hitting catcher hitting eighth or ninth. So it's just a, like a really long lineup if, if they can all stay healthy. Yeah. Grit. I just looked up Kirk. He's uh, doing like game action and extended mm-hmm. spring training. So he's still a couple of weeks away, I think, but uh in fact, we list his return estimate as 7-2. Oh, he's on the 60-day IL, so yeah. he's not el- even eligible until then. So yeah. you're stuck with uh, Lizzie McGuire and uh, Patch Adams uh, as your two yeah. catchers. But uh, yeah, McGuire's had a couple moments. Like he's yeah, a little, he has a little more than nothing, which is like that's all I was all I was hoping for. Yeah, so he went May second. So he but he's so he's eligible. Kirk is early July because he first went on the IL May second. So right. you know, early July he could be back. I don't, know, I don't even think he'll be ready then, but maybe by the all-star break or, or maybe even a little bit before that. So it's just, if that team stays healthy, the lineup so long, they'll be like your reds and have bullpen issues late in the game. Hopefully they can overcome them. They've got a lot of ground to make up and some really good teams they need to catch that. I don't know if they can catch. Yeah. That's a big problem. That's and, the problem. You know, Put them in the NL central and I'd be really optimistic right now, but they're not right yeah. now. Alec Manoa got suspended. Yeah. And, you know, he un- undisclosed fine also. Uh, and then uh, Charlie Montoya automatically gets a one game suspension, which he'll be able to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, Manoa hasn't been great lately. You know, in fact, hasn't, I think, hasn't been great is probably better just leave it, period. He had the great first start. And since then, eh, he had a good enough start against the White Sox, only two runs, one earned. Mm-hmm. Six innings against the Red Sox was really good. Okay. The Red Sox yep. start was really good. Yeah. Uh, but then he gave up four homers against Baltimore. 
And it's, it's it was frustrated. Yeah, it's been a homer thing. Like the first start, great. Second start, three homers. Then no homers, then no homers. And those were both good starts. Two earned runs between two starts. And then four homers. And I watched that Orioles start, and he was cruising at the beginning. Like I mm-hmm. think, I want to say in the first two innings, he struck out five. It was something like that. Like it was four or five in the first two innings. And and the Orioles were never close. And I was like, okay, like he's ha- and he, he's had a decently hard i'd say he's had a pretty hard schedule to start like he's played he started at yankee stadium he started at fenway he started at the white Sox, who have a nice lineup like i was like okay now we're ready to get rolling we're facing an orioles team that isn't very good he's got like five strikeouts through two innings like this he's gonna roll through five or six here and have a nice start and probably get a win and everything's gonna be good and then all of a sudden it started falling apart and they started taking him out of the yard and then he hit a batter i was surprised very surprised actually they got suspended just because like like he was, was wild nothing. all game that game too. Yeah, and he yeah, and he well, and he hit he he gave up two homers back to back, and then he hit a batter. Yeah, so uh, it always looks really bad. Yes, it does course. look really bad, but I didn't think it would be suspending suspend him look really bad. I thought like they tossed him, and I was like, I think that's enough uh, to say like like because really they're just assuming intent because the hit batter came mm-hmm. after the back to back homers. He did kind of stare the guy down, but Franco kind of stared him down first or two or whatever. He's a Mono I'm discovering quickly is he's a big dude and he is a fiery dude. So yeah, he's not afraid to like use no. that size as try to be intimidating. hundred percent. So yeah. maybe that'll work well for him. Like he won't, he won't be intimidated by these tough ballparks and things like that, but he's been pretty up and down. I would not cut him anywhere. Um, I would still roll him out there. He gets the Orioles again later this week. I'll, I'd use him. I'd use him again. We see, like you said with Logan Gilbert earlier on when we were talking, right. That um, some of these rookies, like they're going to have some bumps, but now, now Gilbert seems to have kind of smoothed it out. Maybe Manoa is the same thing. Yep. Just took Kevin Gossman 10 years, then he was able to smooth it out too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just takes a while, but maybe 10 starts is enough here. But, uh, yeah, you know, th- the other thing is maybe he has to adjust to not using sticky stuff too. I mean, yeah, maybe every, every, we have to assume, we have to speculate anytime with a pitcher like that sometimes. It's just one more thing that we have to add to it there. Now, granted, now that they're checking, theoretically, it shouldn't be. Uh, Danny Duffy's coming off the IL. I think he's pitching someone's, uh, Star Platinum said, uh, tonight but i believe it is tomorrow yeah. uh but he's going to be limited in his first start back I, I i probably won't be you know i'm not using it i i think we held on to him in one league uh where even in one of our mains but it's tough to hold on to a guy that long uh he will be limited it's against the yankees so this is essentially a, a rehab start is the way i'm treating it don't have him active for this first yeah. start because you're probably not going to get the win i agree now if he i think in one of my leagues he was dropped and is sitting on waivers. I'm interested. Are you? Sure. Of yeah, course. I think so too. Just the way I know he's got a lot a bad track record, but like honestly, anyone who's pitched as well as he has this year who's sitting on waivers. We just talked earlier on about pitching falling apart. Like if you've got a shot at a Danny Duffy on waivers, I think. And that's a if I'm right on that, that's a 15 teamer. Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah, uh, I think he, he is available. His in return kind of snuck up on me because there were no yeah. Rehab starts. Right. And the type of injury he had. Now, mm-hmm. I'll say you're throwing some cold water on this. So at the Yankees in limited innings, at Boston on Monday, mm-hmm. worst place for a left handed pitcher to pitch. Uh, and then home start against Minnesota. Did you know Minnesota is third in baseball in homers this year, despite everything that's gone wrong with them? So that now you, I know one of your favorite lines, and I usually agree with this, is if you're not going to use someone for a two start week, then why do you have them on your roster? But Duffy might be the rare exception, depending on how things go tomorrow. 
Yeah. Uh, if, if next week is a two start week for him. Right. And, and, but I don't feel comfortable using him in that schedule. Uh, maybe I say, you know, let's let, I'll, I'll take him and I'll just bench him. And then the following week when he's at the Indians or something, if he looks good, I'll bring him back. Like I'm thinking of adding him, I'm thinking adding him is maybe more of a long haul move, even if I didn't feel comfortable sure. to use him for the two star. Well, and here's the difference. In one instance, we're thinking about he's already on our roster and we right. need the roster spot for somebody. Okay, cut yeah. him. And I can always pick him back up. I'm not preempted from getting him back. Mm-hmm. However, this someone's going to pick him up this weekend. So it yeah. might as well be you if you believe in the talent. But yeah. of course, you just have to realize, okay, there's some ro- limited roster flexibility as part of that. Absolutely. And, and I don't even know if I totally believe in the talent, but I don't, I bet by Sunday I'll believe in his talent more than anyone else who I can probably pick up. Cause it's, it's just been, I don't know if you find this too, but when I, man, when I start going through and saying, well, I need a starter and I start looking at all the names and you know, you rule out a bunch of pitchers cause they're just awful. awful? Yeah. And then you rule out, <laughs> and then you rule out a bunch more because you're like, well, that guy's not throwing five innings. And right. And then what's left is like four guys, you know, like by the time you take the John Lester's out, I'll even consider them like kind of, but like you take out those guys, like the Jordan Lyles, like those really bad, the guys who are just consistently bad. And then, and then, like I say, you take out maybe some guys who are typically not throwing five innings and then there's like four guys left. And then I put in a bid on all of them. Right. I, I'll so, put in a Zinky bid is what I'll yeah, probably that's do. What that's week. what I mean. And actually there's four guys left or five guys left once I do that most weeks. And some, a couple of them will be facing, you know, Houston or something that I don't want to get involved with the Dodgers or something like that. So then I'm like, okay, well not that guy. And then there's like three guys left. And then like you say, you just put five bucks on all of them and cross your fingers. Hope you right. get one. So find, right. my, finding pitchers diamonds in the rough might be the key from this point forward. Yeah, and if you can, God forbid, you find somebody that you can actually hold on to and yeah. use again. Ooh, yeah, that, that's yep. the, that's that's the good stuff there. Yeah. Um, so, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Uh, I, I will say that speaking of finding pitchers, I don't know if I found a pitcher yet, but I did grab Zach Thompson in a lot of leagues uh, from the Tell Marlins. I may not have found anything in him, uh, but so his numbers look really good. He is he's not going deep into games, which is a concern, but he's at least pitching well. So there's probably nothing there. It's a dart throw, but I think there's like for people who are looking for someone, he's thrown 12 innings. He's got 14 strikeouts, four walks, no homers mm-hmm. allowed. We'll see. But this is, these, this is what we need to do. Like going forward is, is if someone's having some success, a young pitcher, grab them and just he's see what not happens. That young. He's 27. <laughs> hey, sorry. An inexperienced pitcher. And he you're wasn't right, pitching right. well in AAA before the promotion either. 660 it, ERA. It, it might not work out to be anything. So far, he's looked good. The National League is a little bit of a tiebreaker. He's at his soft landings. He had his first start was at Boston, and he uh-huh. didn't get he didn't get lit up. But then since then, a home to Atlanta and an at the Cubs, and in those two starts, he was good. Six strikeouts in one and seven in the other. Like I yeah. said, I, so how about this? He's on waivers in our Yahoo friends and family, and I haven't added him, and I'm not going to. But yeah. in because that league, the starters, the innings are a little more of a premium. And, uh, sure. But in a, in a 15 team NFBC, I think he's someone maybe who's worth a flyer. Fair enough. Fair if you made it this far into the podcast, you deserve that last tip. Yeah. Zach's come for the uh, Buxton analysis. Yeah. Stay for the uh, Zach Thompson recommendation. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't put that in the tweet. If they get to this point in the podcast without that in the tweet, then they get then they get the tip. If you don't stick it out till the end, you just get the Byron Buxton. Can't give away everything for free. You have to actually right. listen to some of it. You got to listen this, to the end. Yes, this yeah. uh, audio gold. You have yeah. to actually earn. <laughs> 
But, <laughs> That's yeah. right. All right. On that high note, we're going to conclude today's podcast. Thanks to WinBet Sports for uh, for uh, sponsoring us. Uh, and thanks for uh, listening, everybody here for listening. If you do uh, want to bet on sports and you're allowed to, we suggest you check out WinBet. Coming up tomorrow, we got the Prospect Podcast on Thursday. My guest will be Simone Dice. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the MLB The Show and collecting cards from that. And he's also in uh, Raz Slam with me, talking a little bit about points leagues. We'll do a whole lot of that. Um, and then, of course, we got Clay and Todd on Friday. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.